What's up, everybody? My name is Dominic Sakira, and you're listening to Actionable Impact, a podcast that answers questions about impact investing and provides investors, entrepreneurs, and everyone else in the finance community with actionable insights to better navigate the sea of opinions, products, and services offered in sustainable and impact investing. My guest today is Asteria's Head of Business Development, Arnaud de Antroche. Arnaud has served investors for many years while maintaining an open and transparent dialogue. Sitting between investment and investor, Arnaud simplifies the complex on a daily basis and helps solve the most pressing issues and answers the most important questions that investors have. Today, we'll be running through some of these questions and learning about the challenges of implementing impact within an institutional investment portfolio. Arnaud, nice to see you. How's it going? How's your week so far? Week's excellent. Uh, very busy, as you as you know. Huh? I'm always very busy, running around, talking to people, trying to convince about the advantages of really investing in impact, not only considering ESG as an investment strategy, but really investing with a purpose. So uh, that's basically what we do here. And what you, you, I'm so happy that you joined me to do also uh, and we're having so much fun together that I love it. So thank you for inviting me to Coffee Wisdom. Absolutely. Nice to have you. So it's a tough job, isn't it? But why is it such a tough job to, uh, to convince investors that impact is something they should look at? I think that it's not a tough job to convince people that impact is a, is a complicated investment. I think the tough job is that uh, convincing clients that they don't really do it is more complicated. You know, if you look today, people mainly mix up ESG and impact. And ESG today is an investment strategy. It's something that you implement when you invest uh, when you want to analyze company and invest in companies. And so you will look at the behavior of companies and ESG strategies represent roughly half of the assets under management in the planet today. When you look at impact, it's really giving a purpose to your investment. So uh, not only saying, okay, how do companies behave, but actually do what those companies do have an, an impact, <laughs> it's the world, on the people or the planet. And that's only 0.9%. So it's not something that is generally uh, uh, done by, in, by investors. It's something that probably they don't even think about because it's quite new to say, okay, I can do good, but I can do, I can do well, but I can do good as well. And so it's what we are trying to, to, to do with clients today. And I must confess that in, about, uh, in my career, in about 20 years, I've been in that business. It's probably one of the first time that I'm spending more time talking about how we do things why we do things rather than talking of, yeah, the performance has been great and this is a great idea and a new asset class and a, a new investment strategy. So it's, uh, it's completely different and I love it. Okay, interesting, interesting. So you're saying that it's, it's somewhat of a mixture of investors' understanding of impact, their definition of what it is. Um, and do you, do you, so do you feel like there's some investors out there which for their own convenience analyze their existing portfolio and they say, hey, where am I having an impact and how can I define my investments, my existing ones, as being impactful um, and thereby choosing essentially what is easy rather than doing what is necessary? Do you, do you feel like there's investors out there that are taking the easy exit and saying, hey, look, I'm highly impactful under these definitions of impact 
and my portfolio is triple ESG rated. So fantastic. Um, do, you, do you see that there's a clear distinction between those kind of investors and those that are actually seeing this as an opportunity to move the existing portfolio and completely diversify it and maybe create a whole new portfolio? No, it's very true. It's what you say is a very fair point. So uh, actually, if you, if you look at the portfolio, if you're searching for impact, you will find impact because you will always have a few companies that are really impactful. So you can find that. Uh, the second easiest, easy way to do is to, to say I'm doing engagement, which is important because you are putting pressure on company to change for good. But I would say, will it change your investment approach? Will it change your philosophy? Not really. But you will try also to act for the good. What is the main difference with impact is the intention. So to pretend having an impact, you need two things. You need the intention. So what is my impact target? What is my goal when I invest for impact? Where do I want to have an impact? Do I want to have an impact on access to education? Do I want to have an impact on access to healthcare? Or do I want to have a green impact, producing more green energy? So you see, this target will define where you want to put your money. So it's the first thing you know, where do I want to have an impact? And then you need to measure it to make sure that you actually have an impact. And it's, it's probably the main difference with investors, the traditional investor today who are putting together a portfolio of good performing stock. And then they will look if there is an impact in this portfolio compared to real impact investor that will start by where do I want to have an impact? And then you will source the companies that actually have an impact and will outperform as well. Right on, right on. So who's, who's really responsible for the correct definition of, of impact? You know, who, who's in charge um, and what kind of regulation is there out there that establishes a clear definition of what impact is so that, you know, essentially what you're trying to prevent is people hiding behind an undefined term. Is there anything, are there screws being tightened at the moment in a more vague sense? Yeah, so it's a, it's a very good question. And I think it's the, uh, it's a key point is compare Apple and Apple, Spears and Pierce. And we would, we would welcome, welcome very much a regulation on that, a common definition. It's what is trying to be implemented with the EU taxonomy to see what is green, what is not green, going forward what is social, what is not social as well. Uh, and we would welcome that very much. Now there are a lot of political pressure there, one. And two, as long as there is no single definition, well, you, know, you can define your impact as you want. Uh, and it becomes complicated to see that. So the EU regulation tried to already uh, put together a few definitions which are called under uh, SFDR. Uh, and uh, SFDR, you have different levels, what's called Article 6, which means that you are not looking to implement any ESG strategy, nor will you have any impact goal in your investment strategy. Then you have Article 8. Don't ask me where the Article 7 has gone. I don't know, probably uh, together with the album number 5 of Gaston Lagaffe. <laughs> but uh, there's no Article 7. Uh, 7 is in heaven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very true. <laughs> Probably the next step huh? exactly. will be not an Article 10. But, uh, and uh, Article 8 defines the ESG strategy. So then you will have to report also on what you do. Article 8 will mainly deal with what is your 
what what are the means so what do you do in your investment strategy to implement a few esg criteria mm -hmm. uh, so it's really at the strategy level mm -hmm. it's not a target okay it's when i invest i do care about uh esng but you don't target to improve <coughs> esng okay you don't target a specific impact article 9 on the contrary is actually more binding because in your investment policy, in your goal, you define the impact as a target. So you have to report on this as you report on your performance. So it's a target. You see, on the one hand, Article 8, ESG is a strategy. On the other hand, Article 9, impact is a goal. Interesting. So there is, there is definitely some clarity around the terms, around some of the responsibilities that you have when you claim to be an impact investor. Article six of the SFDR is I don't care about it and I don't really want anything to do with it all the way to article nine with obviously seven missing for some weird reason. Maybe we'll get back. We'll get to that in, a, in another uh, podcast session. But article nine essentially being the most, if you will, hardcore of the bunch where you have to show your intention before you invest. And you have to clearly measure what problems are being solved with the capital that you've invested into the into the company. Absolutely, and it's very good because if you if there is no clarity on this, and if anyone can pretend to do to to have to invest for impact, then it's where you you can easily slide on the greenwashing side. Mm -hmm. And so, having a definition uh, which is commonly accepted on what is impact investment or what is ESG investing then avoids uh, falling into the uh, greenwashing uh, uh, dilemma. Greenwashing, wasn't that the, uh, the word of the year from last year, I think? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. No, but it's good. This means, the, no, but I, it, it's, uh, it's good that it became the word of the year because it means that you know, it's a concern to many people to, uh, to, to change things when investing. And the power of money to, to, to address the world's issue and not only the power of the regulation yeah, has become important. Now, uh, if you want to do it, do it seriously. And if you don't do it seriously, it's, uh, it becomes greenwashing. So uh, having this word greenwashing popping up everywhere probably will force people to make sure that when they do it, they do it with sincerity and with a clear process and a clear intention. Very interesting. Very interesting. So the, the other notion of, of impact investing and in a more, I guess, portfolio context would be how does it fit into traditional portfolio theory, as particular the theory of, you know, having risk and return, the two dimensional model where you need to give one of them up in order to achieve the other more risk equals more return. Very yep. standard. Now um, there's some voices advocating to add a third dimension and that third dimension is is impact um you know where you where you can actually imagine a three-dimensional model where you might be able to tweak around with risk and return but you also need to consider where you lie on the impact scale what do you think about this kind of theory and and do you think that impact belongs there and especially what do your investors think about it do are they open to, to an idea that is so drastically different than the traditional theory? It's a good question. My first answer to this would be more generic. 
can you have a, I, do you have to look for impact into all your investments? And there are some strategies that should not fit for that should not fit with impact. If you want to buy a uh, because you think you're going to make money a long short equity a long short commodity portfolio, for example, then you know, it doesn't have impact. And it would be useless to try to say, hey, I do it with impact. That would be wrong. That would be lying to me. So one impact uh, can, cannot be implemented in all strategies. Number two, your question is, well, if I invest for impact, do I have to give up on performance? Just to rephrase it probably uh, mm -hmm. in a simple way. And yes, the, the, the portfolio theory says the more constraints you put, the less efficient your portfolio will be. Mm -hmm. And so the less return you may have. Mm -hmm. And it's been proven by a lot of studies and uh, even those that we conducted here that today you can invest for impact without giving up on performance. And uh, if it was right at the very beginning that uh, probably investing for impact was more an excuse to underperform, today it's wrong. And today you can generate as much performance, if not even more performance in some cases than traditional investment while still having a very positive impact. And that's suitable also, because if you do that, then impact investment becomes a, a you know, very appealing investment. And if it's appealing, then money will flow there and the impact will be even higher. So no, you don't lose performance when you invest for impact. Mm -hmm. And yes, you know, if it becomes mainstream, that would be fantastic. Is there is there a point um, is there a point at which the data shows you where if you're trying to maximize impact um, you're also getting additional return but surely at some point if you max out one of the two you can't have both you can't have max performance at maximum impact so it, does the data show you that you're looking at that there is some kind of a sweet spot um, where where Yes, indeed, uh, it's, it's very true. So you can maximize, you can try to optimize, and when you optimize, you, you optimize with the constraints. Now, now the, the question is, what constraint do you use? If your constraint is the risk, uh, the optimization, if you say, I want to max impact and max performance while maintaining a certain level of risk, uh, then at a point you will see you can maximize everything, but you, at a point your risk will start to increase. Or if you set fix the level of risk, at a point your performance will decrease or your impact will decrease. Mm -hmm. Now it's a question of priority. But if really you want to work on both maximizing impact and performance, then you have to use as a constraint the risk. Mm -hmm. And then there is definitely a point where the relative risk or absolute risk, risk will start to increase at a level which is not suited for a portfolio. Now the more risk you want to take, the more impact and the more uh, performance you can generate. But uh, it goes both ways. Very interesting. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. In terms of, um, I guess the other question on a lot of investors' minds is, uh, is how do I measure impact? So I can report on it as an investor. And we had this discussion at the start where I can choose to go the easy way and simply find some, someone to report on the existing impact um, vaguely that my portfolio is having. Or I can decide to report um, based on wide standards, which might result in, a, in, in, in the fact that I see my portfolio not having any impact or very little impact. That does then mean that I'm liable to have to shift my portfolio. But all this talk of, uh, of measuring impact, 
Um, what what advantages, you know, do 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 your investors, your clients hope to gain from from measuring the impact? Apart from you know transparency um, and being able to tell stories, but do you think there's any other advantages that an investor can have from measuring impact? Uh, the first advantage is to make sure that he reaches the impact target that he has. Measuring impact is complicated. Uh, it's uh, um, it's something which is not easy. Uh, sometimes uh, you you mix it up with ESG allocation or impact allocation, which is not really the exact measure. You know, trying to or scoring impact. Uh, a score does not give you what is your exact impact. How many jobs you've created? How many uh, tons of CO2 you've avoided? So measuring impact is very complicated. But it's very important because impact investment, as I said at the very beginning, you remember, Dominique, huh? impact investments, it's two things, intention and measure. And why is measure important? It's just to make sure that well, if I want to have an impact on something, I actually deliver this impact on something. So impact is not impact investing is not something generic. You don't do impact investing. You, you want to create an impact on something. So do you want to create it on healthcare? Do you want to create it on the environment? Do you want to create it on education and poor countries and rich countries and you have to define first what is your impact target and then if you invest to reach this impact target it's very important to make sure that you actually deliver on it and impact measurement comes there now it's very complicated to to measure impact huh? it requires a, a lot of uh, hypothesis uh, to be able to model it or you have to wait a quite long time to make sure to, to receive the company's reports and then you have to dig into those company reports to aggregate a few figures which are not homogeneous you don't know the hypotheses that are put in place by those companies so anyway it's a little it's it's a science it's also an art uh, and that's why you the, the first need is really to develop a to me uh, uh, a systematic methodology because a systematic methodology will enable you to compare also two portfolios or two investments with a, with a similar approach. And if you can compare, you can decide. Huh? Otherwise, it's, there's no point. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And I guess it also goes in line with the, the type of investor. You have a very large kind of scale of, of what an investor is. You have pension funds, which they are... You know they have a duty to manage for the pensioners um, it's not their assets um, so so you know you could have all kinds of impact goals targets that need to be met that need to be measured um, others like foundations i think they're they would be more concerned about the directness of their impact so they have a whole different scale it's it's very interesting to know though that the you know the ultimate goal is to see if if you are aligned with the interest of um, the underlying um, asset owner. Very interesting, very interesting. Yeah, and one point there also, a key difference is that impact investing is not charity business. Mm -hmm. So if you invest for impact, it's an investment. So ideally, and it's what we see when talking with a lot of foundations, is that uh, you know, investing and generating an impact has to be self-financed. Huh? So you can accept sometimes to generate a little bit more return, to generate a higher impact, most of the time, you don't want to. You want to generate both return and impact. And then, if you do, if you deliver on both, then you you, you can reinvest the proceeds and 
you know, uh, leverage and compound actually the impact that you generate and so be even more impactful. Super interesting. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting point because when, when you talk to some investors and you mention, even mention the word impact, it, for some of them, it goes hand in hand with philanthropy. And, and that is, I guess, the, the key kind of po point that we're trying to bring across is, um, is constantly making it very clear that yes, there's philanthropy, but philanthropy should ideally be done with the returns generated on an existing portfolio without scraping at the, the capital base. Um, and, and really the, the pitch, if you will, um, for impact investing, I guess, is to have that capital base already making a difference, already solving problems. Um, and that is, that is a tricky um, conviction to, to pass on to an investor. Yes, absolutely. And then you, you have two ways to do that. And uh, in the past, when you know, at, the, at the early days of impact investing, it was more done through private assets. Yes. Because it's easier to measure the impact that you have if you, are, if you own a single company, you know, let's say that you, you own a factory in an emerging country, then it's very straightforward. You can clearly see, measure the number of jobs you've created, the wages you've distributed, the, uh, what you've done on the, uh, on the society, on the local society around your company, you know, what you, if you've built a school together to attract people. So it was very straightforward. Okay. Now, where it has become more complicated in, is when we go into the listed space which is probably the savings of most of the population today. Nobody, not everybody is able to access private equity deals, to invest directly or to access private equity funds. And so most of the people's savings would go into the listed sites so on the stocks or portfolios of stocks that are listed on stocks markets globally. Mm -hmm. And there it's more complicated to measure the impact one of a portfolio because it's a collection on stocks. And number two, um, you know, the, the sources of, of the, the businesses of the companies that you have in your portfolio is very diverse. Now, being able to put that together, score the impact and measure the impact is quite complicated and requires a lot of data processing. Very interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, we're coming almost to the end of our, our session here. Um, I guess one more question, which I'd like to attack with you is what are the the hopes of investors and clients you know when they i mean personally from my side i see a lot of them confronted with some regulation uh things around the corner where they know that you know esg might not be enough in two years time um some of them are resisting it others which aren't resisting it they actually have certain hopes and i can i can say for sure that one of those hopes is that the performance will be better. If I have more impact, then I can have more performance. This is on, on some of them are more convinced than others of this, but what hopes do you see um, in your client base um, that they have for this, for this sort of structural shift towards increased impact in portfolios? Yeah, first ESG was more used as the transparency tool or risk management tool uh, to avoid some of the risks that would be generated by uh, the, the, the global warming, for example, and the increase of the uh, ocean's limit. 
so that's that's one of the hits that is bear by companies and so it was more used in that direction and today um today uh you're absolutely right when talking to clients we realize very well that esg is not sufficient and you can do more uh, and it doesn't cost you anything to do more um it's even bringing it's even adding value uh, we have a uh, so there's no there, there's no real um, piece of research that shows that impact is adding value to a portfolio. But there is a uh, there there are a lot of research pieces in the academic world that show that investing for impact does not harm the the performance. So why don't simply do it? Huh? If it doesn't cost you anything, if it adds something good for the planet, why simply not do it? Uh, and uh, increase this proportion of 0.9% of total IUM invested for impact to at least, let's say, if it could double, uh, that would be already a fantastic, uh, a fantastic uh, move towards uh, impact investment and a more sustainable world. Yeah, that would be amazing, definitely. Arnaud, thanks a lot for your time. Thank you, Dominique. It was a pleasure having you. It's always a pleasure having you, uh, and a pleasure <laughs> having you with me. <laughs> yeah. Great, great. And um, yeah, um, Dear listeners, thank you for, for tuning in. Um, be with us again for, for further episodes. Um, we'll be next time, hopefully sure on what we're going to be calling these uh, these podcasts. We started off by calling them Asteria Talking Points. Uh, now Arnaud is, uh, is saying it should be a coffee with Dom. Um, so we'll It's see good, no, coffee with Dom. You know what? I like <laughs> it. I like it. I can, I can get behind it for sure. So uh, we'll, we'll see what other creative, um, creative things we'll come up with. But thanks again, everyone, for the support. And uh, see you next time.